Before we get going this week, I thought I'd just remind you that I'm a certified business strategist who's been in property for over 25 years. I know my clients shortcut their success by being laser focused through strategy and mentoring, as no one business model fits us all because funding, geography, skill set, it all plays a part in deciding what works for you. Getting it wrong can definitely damage your wealth. If you're serious about property, then your first step is a call with me. Nothing more difficult than following the link in the show notes to book it. This is the Property Solopreneur podcast and I'm Rachel Troughton. I'll be talking about everything you need to create wealth by building your portfolio in a sustainable and profitable way. I'll be sharing the realities of a property investing business. I'll talk bricks and mortar, buy to let, HMOs, flipping and planning game, as that's what we all enjoy doing. But I'll also share how to use good systems, processes, and find the right professionals to work with. In fact, everything that will enable you to become a successful property solopreneur. Welcome to this week's episode of The Property Solopreneur. And today I'm talking to Sophie McSkimming of Nicholsmith Smith Investments. Sophie and her husband, Ross, live and work in Edinburgh. That means they have all sorts of different rules and regulations that we don't have south of the border. But you know, that all just adds to the fun when you do property, doesn't it? There's always a new rule and regulation to get in your way. For those of you who've not met or seen Sophie before, I've popped in the show notes how to find her social media and how to get hold of her. But have a listen. She's so open about what drives them, what they look for, and above all, just how much fun they are having working and being profitable in property. So Sophie, you don't work in England, do you? You work in Scotland. Yeah, that's right, Rachel. So we're a property investment company based in Edinburgh, the capital city of Scotland. And I am biased, but it's a fabulous place to invest in. (laughs) Um, But just as soon as you said you're in Scotland, I'm thinking, oh my word, there's probably a whole set of different rules and regulations that apply, which don't affect us down south. Yeah, that's right. It's you know, it's the same in some senses. It's property, isn't it? There are a lot that are the same, but there are some differences. We are offers over up here. We also have a full home buyer's report before you buy the property. So you're armed with quite a lot of information before you go ahead and make any offers. And the conveyancing process is a lot quicker, which is a great bonus in my eyes. I have to say, I find the concept that once you put your offer in, you're supposed to go through with it really quite terrifying for some new investors because what happens if you don't get the funds in place and everything else? This just isn't a problem for you though, is it? No, that's right. So that is probably a big difference. You can go around making lots and lots and lots of offers because if they all landed, you have to be good for the money and any offer you're making, although it's not legally binding, it's kind of a gentleman's agreement. If you make an offer, you have to be good for it. So Yes, you have to be organised and have your funding arranged as well in advance as possible. If you're saying you're cash, you you better be cash because it's going to move quickly. (laughs) (laughs) So it's it's down south, we can fudge it a tiny bit more and and then rush off looking for investors. You've got to sort of completely generate it the other way around. So people who work with you may not see any action for a while whilst you actually look for the right property. Yes. 
Well, the problem I have, Rachel, as soon as I start looking, I find one really quickly. So I have to be organised with the finance in advance because when we start looking, we do usually find one straight away. So the deal flow is not our problem. It's the other end. It's making sure we've got the money ready to go. And that's a huge part of our business is finding private investors and working with private investors and having that money arranged up front rather than at the back end. Absolutely, because you you very much like working like a train, don't you? Like a convoy of properties. You've got one just being bought, one in action and one being sold and probably then sourcing for another. So there's a constant flow. Yeah. So that is why you, you do have to have your uh, big pool of investors working with you. But a part of this is because, of course, you didn't always work in property. Once upon a time, you were a pharmacist, weren't you? Yeah, that's right. So I am a pharmacist by trade. I went to uni and got my degree and worked as a pharmacist for many years and flipped properties alongside working the nine to five. And I love property. Property is my passion. I know it's a bit corny to say that, but I love it. I love everything about it. And I was always working in pharmacy to find my way out into property full time because I just love it. But that, of course, means you've got a very scientific and I'm a lay person here with all things pharmacy and things like that. But it is quite mathematically based and logical, isn't it? This is not an airy fairy profession, is it? No. And I think you do have to, although you don't have to be scientific as such, you do have to have a focus on the numbers because let's be honest here, it all comes down to numbers. If you're not generating profits, why are you doing it? You need to be making profits. And it does come down to that and doing as much of the research up front and making sure you know what you're doing before you launch into a deal. Because as great as Homes Under the Hammer is, we've all seen how wrong it can go and nobody wants to be in that position. So it does it does come down to numbers and a lot of upfront work. Absolutely. That, that I think, is, is one of your real strengths. You've already 90% decided on the figures before you go to see the reality, whether or not it's going to be right for you. And you definitely have all sorts of key niches that you like to play with, don't you? I mean, I've been watching your social media and we work together. And I know that you're very good at finding properties that people hate because they've got problems. But you like a problem, don't you? Yes, definitely. Problems are where we're at. Do you know I guess it's looking at where you can find success. And there are a lot of property developers throughout the UK. And if we're all going for the same things, there's going to be a lot of competition and we're not going to get anywhere. So we always look for where is there a problem and how can we solve the problem? And can we make it work financially to make profit for us and it still work for the person that's selling the property? And that's where we find success. So things like damp, rot, um, a strange floor plan configuration, you know, changing floor plans, moving walls around to make somewhere work a bit better. Lots of different problems, somewhere that's been on the market a long time. Could be that it's a property that needs to be cash bought. If we can find a problem and we can solve it and make money, then that's that's the property we're looking for. So that's where we found our success, solving problems. And I know that you've been very successful also buying flats with problems because many people will steer clear of that because they're going, not only has the flat got problem, but probably everything else around in the building will have a problem. And I know in the past, you've been able to talk very successfully to the other leaseholders and they've taken half the bills in some instances, haven't they? You know, you found in one, for instance, that you had, what was it, rot? But in fact, it wasn't your flat in the end that had it. Yeah, So yeah, that was right. So that was actually a, a, a strange one. So the property that we bought, 
um, on the home buyer survey that you get up front before you purchase the property, it mentioned there was a huge amount of rot work to be done. When they pulled down walls and lifted floors, actually our property had the least amount of damp throughout the whole the whole building and rot work. We were lucky, but unfortunately, some of the other um, property owners had substantial bills. And I think that's probably one of the big differences between down south and up north. We're all freehold up here and we don't have party wall agreements either. So another few bonuses there. <laughs> if you own your property, you can kind of get on with it as long as you have the necessary consent from the council and you're doing obviously everything with health and safety compliance. But yeah, we, we've had properties with rot, damp, new roof and a tenement, lots and lots of different problems. But it's just about finding the solution and working with other people for the best outcome. Absolutely. Because once you've done something once, then you master that skill and you have have usually in your armory that's expert who can call again and again because I know you work with a very close team as well you you like the same ones working for you yeah because that that makes your life so easy <laughs> yes it does make life easy it's taken a long time to get there it's not just an overnight thing it's working with the same same professions so we have a good team of uh, solicitors plumbers electricians you name it we we do use the same people regularly and it's a mutual thing. We work with them. We pay them well. They enjoy working for us for that reason. I'd say we're quite easygoing. We can always find a solution with them. And we, we've worked with them time and time again for that reason. It benefits both of us. And now, now when we approach a project, we know uh, we've got a guy for this. We've got a woman for that. Got whatever. Um, we've got a team that can tackle anything, really. Yes. And that makes a big difference. And, and also, you have a slightly different approach about the figures, we all talk about, you know, below market value and, and you know, this is what you've got to do. There's a sort of standard mantra that everyone works to, but you don't always agree with that. You 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 go for end market value, don't you? Yeah. And I think social media is a brilliant thing for lots of things. However, for some things, I think it can be a bit of a curse because there are key slogans that you hear used all the time. And one of them is below market value. And I know a lot of people get really fixated on it needs to be X percentage below market value for it to be worthwhile doing. And while I do understand that principle, we definitely work from the other end. We're looking at properties that are sandstone buildings with beautiful cornices. And we're looking at what is the maximum amount of money that we can get for this property, the end market value. And then we work backwards from there. And I know people are very fixed on return on investment and lots of other terms that property investors use we really quite simply look at what was the profit what would we actually make on this property you know if it's a flip really for less than forty thousand pounds of profit and it's kind of not worthwhile for us i know that sounds terribly funny but when you're putting in a, a good amount of money you need to make sure you're making a good amount of profit and pounds on the spreadsheet is what we look at rather than percentages absolutely because actually you know everyone forgets their time is not free um you know you are you started this off very much as a solopreneur and i now know you've brought ross along into the building into your yeah. properties <laughs> but even so, you've not changed your attitude one iota, have you? And um, because you you know that you've got, as I said in the beginning, you you've got a, a sort of continual flow of buildings, so you don't have to make all your profit on one building for one year, uh, which is sometimes the trap people fall into. They want the perfect building. You're saying as long as it's got that amount of profit, might make more, but it can't unless then you're going for it, and it's going to be one of many that year. Yeah, definitely. I think in the early days, obviously, when you 
possibly don't have a big starting pot to get working with, of course, there's a lot of pressure to make sure that you're finding a good deal that's going to work and make a decent amount of money because you don't have any other money and you don't have any money to lose. And it is difficult in the early days to, you know, build the traction. But once you start building the traction, you have to know, I need to do X number of deals. They all need to make roughly X amount of money to make us this amount of profit so we can live, grow, pay investors back and pay for all the running costs of the business. And again, it does just come down to to figures, doesn't it? It does. And actually, you, you've touched there on a very good point, which is that especially when new people come into the market space, they are being sold this dream that anyone can make millions out of property and you can do it very quickly. And isn't it amazing? And actually, that's not so. Mm-hmm. Long term, we'll all end up in the same place, hopefully, you know, rich. Um, but how you get there may take a little bit different. And you've definitely taken the strategy that you want to be, you want to have a portfolio, but it's got to be completely secure and well-funded. Mm-hmm. So at the beginning of your, well, you're, you know, that you're in the first half of your work, really, it's all about flipping and making quick profit, not long-term profit. Yes, that's right, Rachel. So I guess there are all sorts of investors, not just in property, but I suppose we look at ourselves as lower risk investors. We're looking to do property the same way that it's been done for a long time. It's build slowly over time with as low risk as possible. I know some people do build their portfolio really quickly and that's great for them. That's not really where we're at. We'd rather have fewer properties at lower loan to value with higher cash flow than lots of properties with a very high loan to value and higher risk. And we would prefer to just take our time. We love property, but it's not a get rich quick scheme for us. It's just a slow and steady wins the race. Absolutely. And that to a certain degree has allowed you to be far more picky about Mm -hmm. the buildings you actually put into your portfolio, isn't it? Because lots going through your hands and you just go, that's the one we want. That's the special one for us. As opposed to many people who build, as you say, a big portfolio within the first three years, and then they spend the next two years selling off all the bits that don't work. Yeah, for us, it's about moving forward and growth. So if we, as much as I'd like to, as hold on to everything, <laughs> it isn't going to work very well if I just decide that I want to keep every single property. So for us, it's about keeping the momentum, keeping the growth and cherry picking the diamonds to keep because you know they're all all the properties we do are beautiful they've got high ceilings they've got original features or sandstone and many of them are listed buildings they're just beautiful and yes I would keep every single one of them if I had the money if I had unlimited funds I'd keep them all but it's not about that it's about trying to keep the gems and just know that for the end goal and keeping the business plan in mind we need to just keep selling keep the profits coming in the nice chunks of money which we can then use to keep the odd one. Um, and and that's that is the that's the business plan. It's not any more complicated than that. And that's that's the thing, isn't it? Business plan doesn't have to be difficult. And the other thing, of course, is that you are very aware that it is it, property works within a wider sphere. And the outside areas, the mar- money markets and government completely rule what the regulations are and the position you're working in. So the fact that you can have a very secure portfolio from the day one means that you're just going to be able to do so much more because you're not worried about what's coming up the track. I mean, we all know about people who have a fabulous portfolio. It's cash flowing amazingly because that's what they're supposed to do at the moment. But as interest rates rise, then suddenly the income is going to be going down and they may even have to start putting money in. 
that's not a position you want to be, which is why you've planned everything this way, isn't it? Yeah, that's right. I think we, we as a couple, me and my husband, Ross, we're in the business together. The last thing we want is to be stressed out and having sleepless nights. Although property can obviously throw curveballs, the last thing we want is to be awake at night worrying about interest rates or negatively cash flowing properties or having a hundred boilers that all break at once. We want to make sure that the position we're in is very comfortable. We've got a big contingency. We have cash flow, of course, but we are in a sensible place where we know that if we had to stop working today, that everything would be more than covered and we're in a comfortable position. So everyone can do it differently. That's the thing. And there's no judgment from me. Do it as you like, but just know this is how I'm doing it. I'm doing it maybe slightly different. Absolutely. And of course, the other thing is that people come into property at different parts of the times of their lives. Yeah. Um, you know, I had small children when I started and you started this childless and then in the middle are you yeah. <laughs> uh you know then you hit covid and my word were you busy over covid weren't you i mean yeah. you, you didn't stop no yeah <laughs> and then suddenly ella came along <laughs> yes that's right i know having a baby has definitely changed things um there's yeah challenges with having a baby in property but that's where um i guess being in a couple and both understanding property and wanting to be involved in property has a lot of benefits because there are lots that I can still do in the business with a, a child in tow and things that I can happily hand over to my wonderful husband Ross who is delighted to take other challenges of the business on for me that I maybe I'm less able to do now. Yes well you know you haven't got many years I think our children were dressed in bin liners age six plus to help paint skirting boards and things um, so it won't be long before you can get her into the houses and starting to work now can you take us through a, a typical deal because the thing about Edinburgh is you've got some really quite famous sort of areas to work um the colonies I believe are something you have up there which yeah just sound delightful what are they and, and what sort of how do you work in that area what are the figures yeah, yeah. So I'll start with figures because I know people are always interested in figures. So a typical deal would be purchase price around 200,000, renovation and fees 30 to 40 grand and selling for around 300. So that would be a typical deal for us. Of course, there are more expensive deals with higher profits and likewise, slightly lower purchase prices, so slightly lower profits. But on the whole, that's the sort of figures we work with. The colonies in Edinburgh are something that we love. They're listed properties. They're very hard to describe because it's a completely different concept from different cities. There are rows of terraced houses with gardens on each side, but each terraced house is split into a, a garden flat and an upper flat. And they have access from either side. So the ground floor will have the garden on one side of the house and the flat upstairs will be accessing from the back with their own garden on their side. So very different and they're listed buildings and they're just beautiful because they're listed so nothing's getting built around them. They're very tranquil, peaceful streets. They've all got their own parking space. They've all got a beautiful garden and they are beautiful properties, cornicing, high ceilings, beautiful views, just they're they're amazing. So we do have a bit, but of, the a, problem, a bit of an eye for them. The problem with them is... Yeah, the problem with them is their layout, isn't it? Yeah. And yeah. You, you're you finding ways to get them to turn into three beds, aren't you? Yeah, so the downstairs ones are usually one bedroom um, and we are looking to convert them to two bedrooms and the upstairs properties are usually one or two bedrooms and we're looking to make them three bedrooms. So it's about adding value, doing loft conversions, adding dormers and changing the floor plan through moving walls. And that's something quite <laughs> a lot of people are frightened of doing. But 
as a result, you know, you, you've just done one, which I know is going through conveyancing to sell at the moment, and you're selling to someone who lives nearby because they love the area and they, they're just going, wow, you've put the extra bedroom in. Um, yeah, that's it. Mm-hmm. So quite often we find that it's local people that are keeping an eye on us throughout the renovation. And just before we finish, they sort of chat the door and say, oh, I've been watching from a distance. Can I come and have a look? And can I make you an offer before it goes to market? So again, for us, for cash flow, that's the ideal situation. Absolutely. And you can get it through quite quickly. Now, of course, none of this really happens by chance. And you are very strong on strategy, what you two want to achieve in 5, 10 and 20 years time. We've worked together a lot on that. And that is very much your driver, isn't it? Then you come down, you go, what am I going to do this year? Mm-hmm. And I know, Sophie, that you are very keen on, on my friend 90 days work, aren't you? The <laughs> yeah. quarter work. Yeah. You really blitz every 90, uh, 90 days, don't you? Yeah, well, we, we certainly aim to, uh, we like planning. Planning is a huge part of what we do. And we've had two fantastic mentors that have drilled planning into us. Well, obviously, Rachel, you've been a crucial part to our business and Susanna Cole as well. And planning for us, I love planning. I'm a bit I'm a bit weird like that. Some people hate planning, but I love it. I love business plans and I love making sure that we're on track because I think a lot of us can look at what we would like to have or what we dream to have. But from where you are today and how long it's going to take you to get there and how you're going to get there, that's, that's quite a lot of the time, that's a huge, that's a huge gap. There's a big gap there. How do you get from A to B? And planning for us is a huge part of that. So when we're flipping, a lot of outside pressure for, for <laughs> to us to keep properties. Of course, we'd love to keep everything, but we know where we'd like to go and flipping is part of that and making sure we divide our years up and you know, we've got a 20-year end goal. If we can divide up the 20 years and bring it down to the 90 days, what do I need to do in the next 90 days to move me towards that end goal? That's a huge part for us. And 90 days is a really nice time frame. It's enough to get a lot done, but it's not big enough that you think, oh, start to, to, to fail, flail at the end of that 90-day period. It's a nice short sprint. It is. And and the other thing that, um, you know, I always, anyone new who's coming to work with me for accountability, I always use your system, which is, yes, concentrate on what you're going to do next week. You know, write that seven-day plan, what's coming up next. But when you send stuff back to me, you also then annotate all the stuff you've done last week. And you go, I didn't do that. I did that. That's 70% done, 40% done, 100% done. And it just means that you're constantly also looking back and going, it's no good just writing a plan. Am I delivering it? Where am I delivering? And where do I need to change things? And that's one of the reasons you are being so successful because you know, you're not just floundering every week, hoping, hoping that next week will be better than the last. <laughs> you've worked out why last week didn't work and you've amended it. Yeah, I think um, particularly being a business owner and being self-employed, it's very easy for time to disappear and not look at where you've had success. Definitely, a lot of people don't cl- clock their successes, but also where you are avoiding things. And we all have things we don't like doing, of course. There are things in business that I don't want to do, but they have to be done. Nobody else is going to do it. So that's where accountability is crucial. It's having someone like yourself, Rachel, to say, send me what you've been up to and be honest about what you actually have done. <laughs> what have you avoided doing? <laughs> And um, yes. and yes, and where have you had success? Because we don't celebrate success enough as uh, self-employed business owners. So it's definitely about celebrating the success as well. And in a and in a ninety-day period or even a week, 
you'd be surprised at what you have managed to get done and what you haven't done and what you've ignored maybe for two weeks in a row. <laughs> yes. And your brain will skip over those because it's something you, you know, you naturally you think, well, I, I won't mention it. But of course, if you've got somebody else looking in from the outside, they go, hang on a second, no. you, you still haven't done whatever it is. Yeah. And that's very, very helpful. Now, I know one thing you're also very good at is cash flow forecasting. Yeah. And that's something many property people find almost impossible and for you know their, their businesses fail because they haven't got enough cash and you're good at that yeah cash flow is king as the saying goes cash flow is king and in any business if you don't know where you're at you will run into trouble and particularly when you're doing things like property it's big numbers involved and the last thing you want to be doing is going oh that's come along and all my money is out to work and that is definitely not a position we want to be in. So very much like looking at the end goal and being relatively low risk investors. Part of that is mastering your cash flow. If you don't know what's coming ahead, you know, investors to pay back, loans to pay back, um, you know, property can change in a heartbeat. Your costs can go up incredibly. You know, you strip a wall back and you find rot. Well, you can't really just ignore that. You have to have to sort it. And that can, you know, change your cash flow quite incredibly on a project anyway. So it's about trying to foresee bumps in the road that could cause sleepless nights and to, to rock the ship. And we want to be as plain sailing as we can. So mastering cash flow, again, helps us sleep at night and makes us just, yeah, sleep easy. But part of that, you know, people concentrate on the cash flow concept and the spreadsheet. Well, cash flow and a spreadsheet are all very well, but you've got to have very good relationships with your banks, your bridges, but above all, investors. And that mm -hmm. is as important as finding the deals. And I know in Scotland, you have something that sounds, frankly to me, absolutely hideous, this concept of open Sundays. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we have open Sundays. So open viewings where if your property is on the market and you have a for sale sign in your front garden between, I think it's like 12 and 4 on a Sunday, people can just knock your door and come in and have a look around. So make sure you've tidied your breakfast plates away. <laughs> yeah, so people can knock on your door and come in without an appointment. Yeah. And that, of course, also means that um, if you've got people who are watching you and working out whether or not you're worth working with, they could turn up on your doorstep to have a look and to speak to you. You would have no idea, would you? <laughs> yeah, well, that's it. And I think that's where social media is a great thing, actually, because really we use our social media to kind of document what we're up to. And I guess we know that people do watch us on social media before they invest with us. But it's a nice way just to show people what you do, whether or not they're interested in investing is another thing. And where we started and where we've got to now, we started with our own money. We were quite adamant. We only wanted to use our own money in property. And then we started using <laughs> bridging loans and mortgages. And now we use more private investors and we do formal lending with the banks and actually as of Friday we don't have any bank loans anymore we just have private investors so that was a huge milestone for us realizing that on on Friday it was a great day Friday, we handed over keys and we got a new set it was a great day sell one of our one I hope there were some I hope I do hope there were lots of bubbles involved there were there were Rachel of course <laughs> <laughs> 
Absolutely. And now you're very lucky because Ross is quite a whiz with social media and, and all things sort of that way, isn't yeah. he? Because you've got that uh, one, you know, everyone wants to show off their properties and Ross is very good at doing a particular series where he throws hand grenades <laughs> and fairy wands and, and a variety of things in. And yeah. it just goes to show that for everyone out there, you've just got to do it your own way, haven't you? Yeah. And I say, you know, we're both a fun couple and we enjoy what we do. So we try to portray that in our social media because it is quite easy to get tied up and making it look very formal and all your icons being the same on your homepage. But actually, we have fun with what we do and we want to show that. And sometimes it is just silly, really, but we love what we do. And you can see from the stories that obviously we are doing properties or making good profits, but it's not about that always for us it's about showing that we have fun doing it too so you will see Ross doing some funny things on social media with his bombs and his fairy ones and and all these good things absolutely but you've uh, quite because investor days for instance are something that have come up almost entirely this year in the accountability calls because we all got out of the hang of them during covid and suddenly they've become these very difficult very overthought ideas and everyone's going yeah yeah i'll have one rachel i'll have one and then next week i go no no we have we're still planning we're still planning and we're six weeks down the line but you have put into planned investor days but also You've gone outside the box thinking wise and you have even you play both play golf and you've in you sponsor a hole at your golf course, don't you? Yeah, yeah. So it's just a, a way for us to get our business name out there and just start conversations about what we do because as I say, we love property, so we're delighted to chat about it. And anyway, you can get the word out about what you're doing, the better, really. So for us, it's having site days where we can show people around um, and talk about what we're up to or go to the golf course and chat about property. It's all it's all it's all good, isn't it? It's all about what we're up to. Yes, absolutely. Well, you know, thank you so much for talking to me today because I think you'll give people a lot of inspiration that it it is not prescriptive. You can make a property company what you want and you can do it in whichever way you want. You you've chosen to go down low risk but very high profit and building a safe portfolio alongside in a place that has many more rules than what we have down south. So it really is just a case of if you want to do it go and do it. What what would you say to someone starting out going, oh, but it all looks a bit big and difficult? What would you say to a new person? Yeah, I would say probably just bring it back to simple terms. I would look at what are you looking to do? And that's probably generate some profit. So how can you do that? And look at properties in the area, look at areas you know really well and just start looking for for simple projects that can just, you can dip your toe in, do a bit of renovation, sell again, get the first one underway and take it from there. It doesn't need to be complicated. And and of course you actually... You're a very good person to say that because, I mean, I work in Stake on Trent. I don't think I've ever paid more than £70,000 for a house, you know, which it, most of you would say, oh, my gosh, I can't even get a garage for that. Yeah. Uh, but you work you work in a city that's a UNESCO accredited. So it's expensive, isn't it? Yeah, it's beautiful. It's absolutely beautiful. And it's a huge tourist destination and property prices are high. They're high, a lot higher than other parts of Scotland. It's the most expensive city in Scotland. And I think it's one of the most expensive cities outside of London. But saying that, property prices have been pretty stable. And even in the last um, property downturn, prices here really didn't drop any. So that's why it attracts investors from all parts of the UK and overseas. It's a quite Touchwood, of course, safe place to invest in. It's got great properties and it's got a lot going on. Uh, but that also meant that you could have gone 
it's too difficult for me to come into this area, mm. but you've just proved it isn't. So actually where any anyone works in the country listening to it, there will always be a solution that they can do to get going. And you may not be a millionaire this year, but you will be in the future you know, for anyone starting off in property. Definitely. Because you've just got to find the way of doing it. And there are many, many different ways. And you've just told us today how you're doing it. Thank you so much, Sophie, for spending the time and letting us know, because I know you've got lots of projects on the go. And as you said, you've just picked up the keys. What have you picked the keys up to? What what kind of house is it? Um, so it's another colony style property. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, it's getting the loft converted. It's a great project. So if you're interested in having a look, follow us on Instagram. We'll be posting in the stories regularly. What's your name on Instagram? Yeah, it's Nicole Smith Investments. And we'll be documenting the, the project there. There's also plenty of our other projects. And as you mentioned, Rachel, some of Ross's silly videos of the transformations using bombs, fairy ones and all sorts. So it's a, a great place to keep up to date with what we're up to. And if you'd like to hear more from us, just drop us a message there or our website is nicholsmithinvestments.com. Fantastic. And for those who can't spell like me, it'll actually be in the show yeah. notes below. <laughs> Thank you so much. It's been a pleasure. And Thank you so much. Well, I think Sophie's put to bed the idea that there are some areas in the UK that are just not suitable for property investing. I think we can probably see that the problem may be the financial position of the hopeful investor. Not enough funds, hasn't found out how to borrow enough yet, or may not have done enough work locally and perfected the art of spotting the property where the vendor will accept a below market offer. These are skills. And I think when we're good at property and when we hear people talking about working in the property market, we just forget that these are skills that have to be practised and perfected. And to be quite truthful, some people are always going to be better at doing it than others. Sophie completely shows, you know, that it isn't the area that's the problem. It's how you approach it and how you get going that really matters. She works in a UNESCO World Heritage site. She still makes a profit and is absolutely thriving. So we should all take this as a good sign. You know, having a good nose for a deal and having the funds to back up the offer will only get you so far, actually, in wanting to be a successful property solopreneur. Sophie mentioned that they've got a very crystal clear plan as to where she and Ross want to be in 20 years and actually how they're going to do this. So if you've got the ideas, but somehow your year lurches from year to year, year with just one profitable moment after another, no big idea about where you're going. And you perhaps realise that you're missing that final bit of the, well, how do I do this jigsaw? Then drop me a line at rachel at racheltroughton.com or visit my website. Let's have a chat about how we could work together about getting a strategy in place for you. You know, because once the big strategy is agreed, you know, where are you going to be when you stop doing all this property stuff? Why are you doing it? Then you can plan your years. And then once you've got your years into place, you've got four 90-day power sprints every single year to get you going. And once you've got your 90 days, then you can start planning what you're doing in the next seven days. And seven days doesn't seem very difficult, does it? No time can then be wasted or repeated. That is so demoralising. All of your actions will be leading you towards fulfilling that big picture strategy. And if you've done all that planning and you're actioning all your plans, because there's no point in just having a plan then there's no reason at all why you too can't be a wildly successful and profitable property solopreneur. 
Thank you for listening to the Property Solopreneur podcast with Rachel Troughton. If you want to create a professional and profitable property business, download my property business checklist now at racheltroughton.com slash checklist. If you found my stories inspiring and my content useful, then come find out more about my mentoring and strategy sessions by going to www.racheltroughton.com and book a discovery call with me. The banner link is on every page. Come and create and grow your own property business. That's the shortcut to success.